What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 146 of TLDR Podcast. Uh, we are still one member short. Alex is still on his honeymoon with his wife, Ashley. Last I checked, they're up in uh, Norway, having what seems to be a really great time. So uh, hope you guys are having, having fun up there. Uh, and we'll look forward to having Alex back next week, hopefully. But for now, uh, we got we we can handle it, and we got uh you know playoffs for uh basketball, which James is going to be taking us through, and then uh trading as always will take us through some Stanley Cup hockey, lots to to go over with those two, and then I'll kind of finish up with some baseball talk after the first month of the season. But as always, we'll just check in with the boys. James, how are you, bud? I'm good, dude. I had a really fun weekend. It was a stagecoach weekend, which obviously I did not go to because I'm poor. So what I did instead is I went to a brewery and they had like a mini stagecoach there, Brewery X. Ridiculously fun. Got there like two or three, didn't leave till like 12 in the morning. Like it was, it was a good time. And I actually like, I know a lot of people. So I saw a lot of people there and it was like a big deal, man. It was great. And I only spent like 30 bucks. Thank you, Jose, for buying like everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's legit. Uh, That sounds awesome. It's, you know, uh, stagecoach on a budget. Sounds awesome. Um, definitely got to go check out Brewery X again sometime soon. Miss that place. Uh, traded. How about you, man? I'm good. Weekend was good. Moved my sister down to San Diego. Um, so she lives down there now. Um, you know, obviously San Diego's beautiful. Her her new apartment's much better than where she was at. Um, and I just watched a lot of hockey, and I think we just may have experienced a. If yesterday may have been one of the craziest NHL days of all time, so uh, we'll get to that, but. Yeah, it's it's been very 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 good weekend. Tyler, sorry about your team, um, hard fought series, but you guys are going to be around for a long time. Yeah, man, it was it was uh, another great series between Kings and Oilers, and uh, like I said, we'll kind of get more into that a little bit later. But I agree. I mean, this time of year for sports fans is great. You know, so many good playoffs, so many great dramatic games going on everywhere. So gotta love that. Hopefully, you guys are all enjoying it. Um, so let's get into the uh, first sport that's in its playoff season right now, and that's the NBA. We took a couple weeks off. Uh, obviously Alex is gone and James, we went through the NFL draft, but now we're back to talking NBA basketball. So we're going into round two now. What do we got? Yeah, we did take a couple of weeks off and by a couple of weeks, you mean one, because we literally just took one week off, but yeah, same thing, same, same, but different. <laughs> we're going to start off in the East because you know, that's what Alex likes to do because it's written at the, at the top of his paper. And I just want to be like, Alex, so we're going to start off in the East Miami heat, number eight, facing off against the New York Knicks, number five, and I think I'm going to pump my own tires here because I'm pretty sure I was the only one that said that Miami Heat will win that series against the Bucks, And they did. Thank you, Jimmy Buckets, won it in five. Currently, the Heat are up 1-0. Jimmy Buckets doing his normal thing, but he got hurt, right? That's kind of scary. On the flip side of that, the New York Knicks did not have Julius Randle. So there's two stars there who are missing. Which, which guy means more to his team? Jimmy Buckets for the Heat, who p- could potentially play, or Julius Randle for the Knicks. Trayden, what do you think? I just see, I just look at what the Heat needed from Jimmy to get there. And it's just, it seems to me that with without Jimmy playing the way he did, there's no freaking way that that the uh that the the Heat win that. Uh and to me, just just given the fact that he, I mean, in my eyes, he's the MVP of this playoffs right now. And so I that alone is kind of a testament as to who I think is more most important, uh, you know, person in this in this playoff. 
Uh, 56 points in a playoff game is absurd. Um, and he was so good all the way through. Um, Jimmy, playoff Jimmy is a different Jimmy. And 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 they're, they're, they just proved that the old mantra is true. It doesn't matter how well you do in the regular season. Just get to the fucking playoffs because that's all that matters. Tyler, who do you think is more important, Julius Randle or Jimmy Buckets? After your trade, and I think Jimmy Butler is probably the the more important player to their to the, to the respective team, and when with the injury, I think also the meet with the Heat losing a uh, Tyler uh, Hero, that's a big loss as well. So you kind of got two of your you know big names out now versus the Knicks. You know, Randall's a big part of that team, but they but they got other dudes um, that will hopefully help hold down the fort for them while they're gone. But yeah, on, on top of that, not only the Heat are you know more more wounded than the Knicks are right now, but I agree with with what Trading was saying that Jimmy Butler is putting on an all time performance as as he usually does. Um, this time of year so i think that that is by far kind of the, the 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 harder loss is the heat losing butler than the knicks losing randall so tyler knowing what you know now uh jimmy butler may play in game two and we don't know anything about julius randall just yet what is your overall outlook for this series and who wins and how many games it's a gonna be a great series um i think you know the heat you know, a lot of people aren't getting a lot of credit. You know, James, obviously, you're, you're, you're the kind of the one guy that's been, you know, kind of riding their wagon uh, for a while now. And I think we should be listening. You know, I think it's not it's not just Jimmy Butler. Obviously, he's a huge part of that. But I think that they do a great job of just kind of getting under team skins and kind of playing a system that kind of uh, works in their favor. Um, and you got to respect that. And I think Eric Spolstra, too, the coach of that team, he's been doing it for a long time. He's won, he's won a bunch of, bunch of championships. Yeah, he's had LeBron on, on on those teams, but that doesn't you know discount the fact that he knows how to win basketball games. Um, you know, on on the Knicks side, it seems like they finally got things going for them. I think you know in the first round they actually played really good defense, which is something that they haven't really been doing well all season. So if they can keep that up, they're going to put themselves in a good position in a good position to win. I think that's kind of the key for this series. But I personally like the Knicks in this series. I think it's going to go seven though, um, whether what whatever stars are on the floor or not. Um, I think the Heat are playing very well. I think they're a very confident bunch. Um, and I think the Knicks too, I think they found some system there, especially de- defensively that are going to allow them to uh, win some games here. But I think it's going to be a really good uh, hard-fought series, but it's going to go seven. But but I got the Knicks moving on. Hayden, what is your outlook? And then who wins in how many games? Uh, it, it's tough because I, I really actually ha- have gained a soft spot for this Heat team that just seemed to not go away um they they're scrappy they just don't know when to quit I, I i do think that a lot of their scoring has been ridiculous and maybe unsustainable and i think that that may not be enough against a against a Knicks team that might be a little bit more aggressive on on covering jimmy who might be you know not 100 percent missing tyler hero is another is another issue uh perhaps the structure of the knicks might be might, might be enough or the aggressiveness of the knicks might be enough to to push um this deep and and actually i i would say that the scoring is eventually is going to trail off it always does there's a lot of averages um unfortunately and 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 i and i'm pulling for the heat in this series but i but my gut says this is going to go in seven and i think the knicks just will be able to squeak it out uh but i i am not that confident because i think these are well matched there's a well-matched um you know series uh well-matched teams um i i just don't know if the scoring on the heat side can sustain but if it does i mean the heat can can run away with it. First off, trading that might have been like your best basketball analysis that, that I've ever heard on this podcast, and we're 146 episodes in. <laughs> that was incredible. Well done. Uh, secondly, it's really cool how you guys both chose the Knicks after I think last series everybody chose the Cavs over the Knicks because of the Knicks' inability to score. I believe. Wow, times have changed. 
I still am going for the, the Heat here. In my opinion, the Heat are still a better team. It may not look like that from numbers or from just like the eye test, but I think they're better coached. Eric Spolstra, I'm sorry, you're a better coach than Tom Thibodeau. Like, I, that it, he makes matchups happen. Even if Jimmy doesn't play or he plays banged up, he's got that Kobe in him. He's got that, uh, that mobile mentality, and he's going to give it everything he's got no matter what it takes. And I think that will set him apart and give him that edge. And I thought that's why I think that he will win this. And I still think it'll be five. You guys both said seven. I'm thinking five. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I feel pretty hot on the heat right now. So I'm going to just keep riding that wave. <laughs> Moving on. To the you next must have game. won you a lot of money. <laughs> they, they did not because I didn't bet. I wasn't that confident earlier. But now <laughs> I. <laughs> um, Moving on to the next series in the East, the Philadelphia 76ers, number three seed versus the Boston Celtics, the number two seed. Philadelphia is coming off a sweep of the Nets, the sorry Nets team. That was brutal. And then the Celtics won 4-2 against the Hawks, which went a little bit farther than most of us thought, but that's okay. Joel Embiid is out for game one, game one that tips off in about 30 minutes at 4.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, So what are your guys' thoughts on how this series is going to play out with or without Embiid? Do you think he comes back mid mid um, series to come make an impact? And without Embiid, do, do the, does Philly even have a shot? Trading, throwing it back to you. No, no. The boss, this Boston Celtics team, I've said this time and time again, are the team to beat in the East. I think they're the team to beat in the NBA right now. Look, I know that they let they they let um, the Hawks in two games. I get that. That might have been the best thing that could have happened to them. Because they had to overcome. Wow, this is a team. Look, look what happens when we don't. When we, you know, when we don't play our full game, we can get beat by anybody. And having that adversity this early is, I think, is very important. The 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 Sixers just, you know, walked right through. They really didn't. They really did. They have had a lot of time off. Um, and I know that uh, you know, and you know, and and I know that Embiid's hurt on it. And I'm not even taking into account that into account yet. I just think that the Celtics are just a better a better team through and through they have better shooters they have they're more aggressive they're uh they they they're just an overall deeper team i i just don't understand how anybody could think that the the sixers have a chance to beat this team and i guess i mean we've seen crazier things happen it's just when when the celtics are playing their game they they're a team that cannot that that it's very hard to beat them and i just don't know especially with mb banged up and hurt i just don't know how they can compete with the with the drive this Celtics team have, um, they're, they're, they're close knit. Um, they're balanced, they're athletic. It, for me, it, it's Boston in five. Oh, okay. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm agreeing with trading here. Once again, um, I just think that the Celtics compared to the 76ers, they're, they're deeper, they're more athletic, they're more versatile. They just, they're just a better basketball team right now. And as you mentioned, we Joel Embiid is going to be the big story for the uh, 76ers in the series. How banged up is he? How, what what can he do? What what can he do? I mean, I believe the Sixers only beat the Celtics one time this year, and that and it took Embiid like 56 points or something in order for them to beat them. I don't expect him to do that every single game in the series. If he did, that'd be one of the most, most all time performances ever. Um, that's pretty much what's going to take for the Sixers to beat the Celtics. And I just don't think that's going to happen over a seven game series. I don't, I don't think there's, there's, there's any shot. I think Embiid's going to come out. I think, you know, whether it's game two or three or when, whenever he's he's going to play and he's going to play his, his, his heart out and he's going to put up great numbers. But at the end of the day, the Celtics are just the better basketball team. I agree trade in Celtics in five. Yeah. So we both, I think we all, like, I agree too. Like Celtics will win this one. Uh, the amount of games will differ for me. 
Uh, Joel Embiid is slated to come back sometime during the series. If he does not come back, is this a sweep? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say yes. Okay. Yeah, I think we're being generous. It's hard to sweep yeah. in this league. Yeah, it, it is hard to sweep, except the Philly, the Sixers just did it. So just to get to sweep and then get swept, that'll be a fun little storyline to keep track of. Watch them lose their first game tonight. <laughs> I mean, brutal. <Yep. laughs> um, okay, so we all agree. Celtics win in four to five games. We'll see from there. Moving on to the West. The Phoenix Suns, number three, versus the Denver Nuggets, number one. Currently, the Nuggets are up in the series one to zero. Jamal Murray, I think we mentioned this a lot two weeks ago, but Jamal Murray in the playoffs is different. He is kind of like, I'm not, I mean, I feel kind of blessed with saying this, but he has shades of Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. You saw this in the bubble before he got hurt. Like he was, oh, he was good. Jamal Murray in the playoffs is good. And he's coming right back to it now. He had kind of an off regular season. But when in the playoffs, he's amazing. He's put up 34 points in that first game. He is different. And then Jokic, I mean, MVP, 24-19. Crazy. On the other side, you got the big three of KD, Book, and CP3. But they were no match because the Nuggets took that dub. So, Tyler, do you think that Jamal Murray can keep up this Jimmy Bucket-esque pace in the playoffs? It's going to be a lot tougher against this Phoenix Suns team, but I think this series in general, I think it's going to be very high scoring. So I think if 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 this if there's a chance for him to keep it up, I think this matchup kind of favors him in that. Obviously, you know, there, there's only so much, you know, like kind of I was just trading, love to say the law of averages. I think he's going to come down a little bit, but you're right. I think Jamal Murray is just, he's, he's a different animal when it comes to the playoffs. And I definitely think he can sustain that type of production or close to it most of the series. Um you know, on the on the on the Phoenix Sun sides, they've got a lot of guys. You know, Devin Booker too is is a guy that when it comes to playoff time, especially this last series, he's great. Kevin Durant, as we all know, is a is is a great performer. So this is going to be a high octane, high scoring series. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. I think this might be the most entertaining series we might have the entire uh, playoff stretch. Um, I think I think there's there's a lot of interesting uh, players here and, and a lot of interesting interesting uh, storylines. Uh, but for me, when it comes to a shootout and, I, and when I when I look at these two teams, I'm going to pick the team that just has the better three point shooting. And that's the Nuggets. Uh, so I got the Nuggets in seven. Wow. You had seven games. That is crazy. And so my next question for you would have been, are the Suns in trouble? And so assuming that this, the Nuggets take this, you're saying yes. Yes. OK. So, Trayden, do you think that Jamal Murray can keep up the same pace as he's been playing and being just as good as he has been for this Nuggets team? <sighs> it's it's tough to ask that from him because i just don't know if he's you know he just hasn't had that type of has that type of uh you know i guess can you say dog in him that's not right just he hasn't been able to put up these numbers consistently in his career and he's having a great playoff but that's fantastic but um i I just don't know if if it's going to be enough um you know if if he's going to be able to sustain it um that said i do i do think that he's gonna be he's gonna be a big impact he's gonna continue to be a big impact especially uh you know for this nuggets team and I'm I'm gonna say he's gonna drop off a little bit, but I think he's still gonna be a major, major part in the series. You think that the Suns are in trouble after losing game one? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh and this is coming from a guy who doesn't really believe in the Nuggets, honestly. Um, I don't believe in either of these two teams. I think your I think your Western Conference final is is going on in we're gonna be talking about it in just a few minutes. Um I, there's just something that, so I do, I do worry about it. I do, I do worry that if, that uh, if, if you can't beat a team, uh, if you can't win that game one um, against, against the Nuggets team that I just don't know how, like there's something weird. I don't know why. I think they're just a little bit too, way too top heavy. And if you can't beat that one game, I think giving up one is, is enough where you, you, you're, you're in trouble. So uh, 
Um, yeah, I I'm I I do not think the Suns can make this one. So how many games do you think it'll take for the Nuggets to win? I I I think the Nuggets will win in six. I think I think the Suns will win a couple here, but um, you know, dropping that first game that's not that's not very good here. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I do have to disagree with both of you guys because you guys both said Nuggets in six and then seven. Uh, I think the Suns will wake up. I I just think they're way more explosive on offense, and so if you put that team together with a book who's actually hitting shots with KD who can pick and shoot wherever he wants and make that bucket. I mean, those two just together will give you 60 to 70 points tonight. Let's be real. And if they get up by a big number, the, the, the Nuggets don't have that firepower to just match that. Unless Jamal Murray plays at the same pace, which Trayden just said is not, it's not plausible. Um, so I have the Suns winning, but I have winning in six. And then moving on to Trayden's Western Conference Final. The Lakers number seven and the Warriors number six. Lakers beat the Grizzlies four to two. Thank God, Dylan Brooks. I never have to see that guy again. I'm so amazed. He's going to be playing <laughs> in the Moroccan League sometime soon. He's no longer in the league. Bye-bye, Dylan Brooks. The Warriors went to game seven and put up a masterful performance yesterday. One four to three against the Kings. Steph put a 50-piece. P- he had this great uh, team meeting, you know, doing his thing, being a good leader and captain and whatnot. All things we expect Steph to do. Steph is going crazy. <laughs> Steph is, in my opinion, the MVP of the playoffs so far. Uh, Traden said it was Jimmy Buckets. I think it's Steph. Without Steph, let's be real, the Warriors are not winning a thing. Uh, the Lakers, on the other hand, have a multitude of different players who can score the ball. LeBron looks a little tired. AD looks a little slow. But it doesn't matter because the Def pieces are actually picking up the pace here. It's amazing. Tyler, we're going to start with you. As a Lakers fan, what are your thoughts on this series? You know, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Obviously, I think we put up a really good series last uh, against the Grizzlies. Um, as you said, I think the the team is finally finally starting to come together after a, just a roller coaster of a season that was just so inconsistent. I think the pieces that they made the trade deadline have really worked out. Um, they're definitely this is the best version of this Lakers team that we're going to get, and they're playing their best right now, which is obviously super great. Um, I, as you mentioned, I, you know, LeBron and AD kind of the older guys compared to, you know, some of these guys on, on the Warriors, but you know, the Warriors aren't young bucks either, you know, maybe a little bit younger compared to the Lakers, but it's not, it's not that big of a difference. So I do feel like, you know, a lot of people are picking the Warriors in the series for a lot of good reasons. You know, one just being, I think they're probably a little bit better built. You know, I think they got a little, uh, maybe a little bit better depth. I think, you know, obviously the experience goes, goes without saying, and I think a lot of people are just love Steph Curry, which I completely understand. So like, I get why the people are picking the Warriors. And if you pick the Warriors, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think you're an idiot, but obviously as a Lakers fan, I'm a little biased here. And I, I do think the Lakers can pull us off. They're going to have to continue playing as a team unit, which they did great against Memphis. If they can do that and they get balanced scoring, as I said, I think with, like through, through the six games that they played, they had five different um uh, top scorers uh, in, in, in those six games. That's huge. If they can do that and they can get balanced scoring, they got a really good shot at winning the series against the Warriors. Um, I think it's going to go seven. It's going to be a fun one. Lakers in seven. Hayden, as a Warriors fan, what are your thoughts on the series? Dude, is this what we were waiting for, guys? I mean, this is this is the series that we've been that I think all basketball fans are are excited to see. I mean, it has it has everything. Steph versus LeBron. That's what you. That's what we're looking for. Uh, you know, a the two a six seed and a seven seed, like they're not like they, they, we know they didn't have great regular seasons, but boy, have they figured it out in the last few weeks here. Um, for me, 
it's it's tough to see what how how the Warriors are going to react after you know after a, a quite a, a a scary first round. They went through a lot. They 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 dealt with a with a very scrappy Sacramento team, uh, and it, I would say more scrappy more scrappy than the uh, than the Grizzlies team on the other side, which I thought would actually be, put up a little bit more of a fight. But um, I guess uh, I guess they're they're not as big as they thought they were. Uh, yeah, that, let let's not kick them while they're down. Uh, they they you know they've had enough. <laughs> but uh, for me, I I just I just look at what is around Steph Curry, and I just think that just a little bit more for uh for me. The depths there, the experience as a and now the experience across the board is very equal, but the but the but the experience as a unit is definitely in favor of the Warriors, which or which already kind of you know. Put, pushes a little bit more in my favor, which um, with that said, both teams know how to score, both teams know how to defend, both teams are, are hungry, both teams are, are um, you know, massive, you know, have shown that they that they, they can bring back their vintage, um, you know, styles. Um, Kevon Looney is an absolute gamer, guys. He's just an absolute fucking gamer. And I think that that his presence is going to be the, he, he's not the MVP, but he's my X factor in this for the Warriors. I mean, I saw what happened when he only got less than 10 rebounds in the first two games. They looked, the Warriors looked horrible. All of a sudden he started getting 15, 20 rebounds. It's a completely different team, a completely different team. So um, that's my X factor there. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be a good matchup with, uh, um, with, uh, with the, with the Lakers there for me, I, this is going, this is going far. This is going seven for sure going seven. But I think that with that, the experience as a unit that, that I mentioned earlier is enough to push the Warriors um, to, to the uh, Western conference final. So Warriors in seven, it's going to be fun. Wow. I like that. You guys both had really great analysis there. It was really good for myself as a basketball fan. This was a dream matchup. This is what I wanted as a Lakers fan. This is the one that I did it the most. <laughs> Cause I, <laughs> I don't know who's going to guard Steph, man. Um, there's literally one person on the Lakers team that can guard him, and that's Dennis Schroeder. Um, Steph is one of the best off-ball movers there is, and even on-ball movers. Like, he will get free, and he will make his shots, and he will he will take a bunch of them. And the only person that can guard him or is agile enough or quick enough is Dennis Schroeder, who can fight over those screens, under those screens, and have the best basketball IQ to do so. But on the flip side of that, you're giving up offense because Dennis Schroeder is not a good offensive player. He's made one big shot in his career, and that was against the Timberwolves in overtime, I believe, to send the game to overtime in the play-in round. Anything outside of that is it's like very Dylan Brooks-esque. He gets left open often. And playing against a high-octane Warriors team, I don't think you can give away that offensive side of it. And so I have no idea how Darvin Ham is going to balance his offense versus defense thing if they want to be competitive with the Warriors. Do you play on the defensive side and give up some offense in hopes that Steph doesn't go off and score 50 again? Or do you play on the offensive side and hope to keep up with the Warriors, even though the Warriors are better three-point shooters? And three is more than two, last time I checked. This is a tough one. It's going to go six for me, not seven, because I don't think that the Lakers can last seven, honestly. I If the Lakers can win in six, best-case scenario, put another game on LeBron and AD's shoulders, that game seven will be a blowout. So I'm saying Lakers in six just because I'm a Lakers fan and I feel like I need to. But to be honest, the Warriors scare me the most. So, yeah, uh, that's how the cookie crumbles, everybody. That is our round two playoff matchup for the NBA. I am not Alex Smarter. I'm James C. Hope you guys like listening. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening.
Thank you, James. Yes, uh, definitely not Alex Marner. You know, don't have got that beautiful red beard either. Uh, you should have worn one. Like, you should have gone to, like, a, a costume <laughs> store and just <laughs> put should have got on. a Justin Turner, you know, thing going on. Yeah, yes. yeah, you should have. Oh, well, next time. All right, thank you, James. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll be flipping over to the other uh, sport in its playoff mode, which is hockey with trading. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking Stanley Cup playoffs, which, holy shit, has it been a wild ride like it always is. But, Trayden, let's dissect it. Let's get through it. Yeah, let's let's calm it down a little bit. Let's give James something to cheer about, okay? Let's give him something to to to, uh, to, to um, nibble on for the next week. We're going to do one more NHL Draft Lottery Simulator. One more. We are less than a week. We are six days, 23, hour, 23 hours, 32 minutes, 34 seconds away from finding out if James and his team get um, Connor Bedard. I can't believe you put the seconds on there. That's crazy. It's I'm literally looking at it. So. <laughs> so I am going to hit it for one last time in this year to see who it, who we, who we could get the first pick. And this year, Philadelphia moves up six spots. Ooh. Oh, that's trash. <laughs> Fucking spots and Anaheim falls two. Unbelievable. <laughs> Run it uh, again. Run it again. <laughs> I can't. I can't, man. It only happens once. Let's hope that's, that's not terrible. the case. They had a 6.5 chance of getting the first overall pick, and that means they would that that's ridiculous. Uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. That would be just highway robbery. Um, but tune in um it, uh, on May 8th um for the uh draft lottery, especially if you're a team in the draft lottery like James and Kylie. Um, and you you'll have something to cheer about. Um, okay, let's talk about the bracket challenge. Uh, we'll talk about the bracket challenge after because let's talk about what happened. Um, or I guess these matchups rather. Um, we're going to start in the East like James did. We're going to start in the Atlantic uh, because we actually know who's going to be playing there. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs, yes, uh, actually made it to the second round. Shocker. Um, I believe they're playing the uh, the Boston. No, they're not playing the Boston Bruins. They're playing the Florida Panthers. The Florida fucking Panthers. Now, you know what's funny about this, guys, is I had everybody pick their series. Two days ago, or I may have been, might have been yesterday, and and James is like, yeah, I'll take Leafs and uh, and and Bruins, and then he also said another series, and we'll get to that, and uh, that threw that 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 definitely uh, blew up in his face. James, Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I, first of all, it's amazing that Toronto made it. Uh, it's actually amazing that Florida made it, to be honest with you. But they they, but obviously they they just they just. Couldn't go away. Um, goaltending issues on the Boston side, which is very weird considering they they that Olmark is is destined for the Vezina trophy. My question for you is who do you like going into this series? And you know, Florida's playing with house money, and that's a dangerous spot to be in if you're on the Toronto side. I don't like the Panthers at all. Um, <laughs> because they they made me look like an idiot multiple times. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. It's okay, they made everyone look like an idiot, so. But I'm like the most outspoken person against the President's Cup curse. And I was like, this is the year that they're <laughs> going to make it to the finals. Because it's like, there's no other team that could do it other than them. Let's be real. And they get freaking booted in the first round. And not to go on here and admit the President's Cup trophy curse thing is real. Oh my, <laughs> I'm a believer now. It's terrible. I hate that. I hate that I just did that. Uh, Omar, you... Oh, Omar, guy. <laughs> right? Right? You single-handedly lost us that the Boston Bruins that game because of your gap of just, you know, let me get behind the, the, the goal here and just toss it out and then not get back in goal. What are you doing, my boy? 
I mean, swam in my uh that last. Worth there was like what forty seven seconds left in the game yesterday, and he just lets one in, and it's like my guy. Oh, at that point you knew it was over. So I don't like the Panthers. Long story short, I don't like the Panthers there. Um, but when it comes to this matchup, I think that the Panthers are coming off a very high emotional game and series. Uh, it's kind of like that peak of it, right? Even after the, the Matthew Kachuk had the interview after the game and saying, like, um, to everybody outside, it, it was it was an ups the biggest upset in history. But to us, it wasn't, and I refuse to believe that. He probably thought it was an upset too. So there's a lot coming out there about how big this game was for them because he's even acknowledging it, even though he denied it. He acknowledged it by the way that works. And uh, to me, that's that's kind of a, a sign of what's to come and how this next series isn't going to have that same amount of emotional tell to it. And now the next series, they, they might come out a little deflated. And the way I can relate this is like the Dodgers-Padres last season in the, in the playoffs. When the Padres beat the Dodgers, that was the biggest emotional climax they could get to because that's what they've been trying to do for years, right? And I was like insane. And then the next series, they kind of fell flat because they had expended all that energy trying to beat the Dodgers. And I think the Florida Panthers, even though they're playing with house money, expended all their energy trying to beat the Bruins. <laughs> like, how much left do they have in the tank right now? I don't really know. And the fact that goalie Bob is in goal right now and had not very good numbers, but enough to squeak past it because the goaltending on the other side was so trash tells me all I need to know about how this, this goaltending tandem for Florida is going to work. They're going to be pretty terrible. And they're going to be pretty terrible against a team that can score a lot who has a little bit more rest right now because they beat the lightning in six games as opposed to seven and the Panthers are scrappy. We all know this. They come back and they do all their thing, but I don't think they're going to be as scrappy or be as energetic when they're down five zero every single game. At that point, what is there to be scrappy about? You're just like, all right, let's get this over and get to the next game, but then be down five zero again. Scrappiness at that point was out the window. When you're within striking distance, that's, that's you can claw away at it. But when you're not, it's it's demoralizing. It's tough. And this Leafs team can score. Mitch Marner, my MVP for this for the Leafs so far, two goals, nine assists, 11 points. Austin Matthews with nine points. Ryan O'Reilly with seven points. I mean, that's, they can score, and they can score at will. And there's no goaltender to do much about it. And Goalie Bob, who is an eight. 9-1, and Alex Klein, who's been benched the last couple of games, at a 9-0. On the flip side of that, you have Samsonov at a 900, but that's Samsonov at a 900 against the Lightning, who you can never count out. <laughs> the Leafs, I think, will win in six, because okay. the uh, hockey playoffs are insane. You can never predict a damn thing with this thing. So Leafs in six, I'm hoping that's the best probability of it. You, you really can't. Um, you, you know, you do mention the 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 emotional high that the, the, the Florida came off of. I actually think that it's pretty equal with Toronto too. I mean, they just broke out of the 19 year penalty box, a prison, you could call it. Um, and um, I, I think that there was just a collective euphoria on all of Toronto. And I think, and, and so while I agree with you that beating, that beating the, uh, the uh, president's trophy team, and might I add the best team on paper, um, at least statistically in, in NHL history is, is an emotional high. Don't, don't count out that, that, that uh, Toronto hasn't, uh, hasn't gone through it either, but like, but I, I agree with you. I think that there's a little bit more depth there. There's a team that finally got over that hump. And I think that that's enough to, 
Um, so uh, you get so Tyler, really quick. How many games? Who's winning? Who's winning? Uh, I got the Leafs in six. Um, yeah, Trading kind of mentioned the, the the Leafs finally broke this curse after so long. And it's like, holy shit, they've never been here before. Like, what are they going to do now? And it, it, you could say it could go different directions. They could lose in the second round, and then they'll be stuck there for 20 more years. And it'll take them <laughs> another 20 years to get to the third round, and then another 20 years <laughs> to win the Stanley Cup. Or what... they might just win it all this year because they finally got through that first round that a huge gorilla lifted off their shoulders. And now that they can just go out and play their game, which I think is what's going to happen. Um, I, I just think that obviously when you just – if you knock out just the the, the, the first round, you just look at these, these two teams as a matchup – the, the Maple Leafs are the, are the far better hockey team. Like you said, in, in, in hockey playoffs, you, you can't really predict anything. But I I think the Maple Leafs, I think them winning that first round against the Lightning, I think it's work in their favor. I think they're going to use that to, to just start rolling and just play great hockey from, from here on out. I think everyone needs to watch out for, for, for the Maple Leafs here. So I got them in six. Yeah, I, I actually have them in six too. Um, but look... I would not be shocked if it went further. I mean, we, and again, it was three, one for Boston and then pretty much the Boston Bruins let it become Boston versus Matthew Kachuk and Matthew Kachuk just took the series over. So James, I ask you, you mentioned Mitch Marner is your Conn Smythe winner so far for Toronto. Who is your Conn Smythe winner for Florida? I don't expect anyone else, but. Yeah. You're going to hate me. Cause I, I'm going to say somebody else. That's not Kachuk. It's Brandon Montour. Wow. He, he's been doing amazing on the back end of it. And he, he like broke a record for how many goals scored as a defenseman for the Florida Panthers or something like he he's doing a five goals, three assists as a defenseman, typically a defenseman you know, for assist. Yeah. And this is the dude who just five goals. Like, and I have a soft spot for him because he was a duck. And then he's yeah. now a Panther who is much better as a Panther than he was a duck. Like everybody else who believes the ducks. Uh, but I mean, the fact that matter is he's out there a lot. And he's doing things on the back end too, as well as on the offensive end, which I, I think garners him some votes for me. I like that. Um, I like that. For me, it's still up Chuck. Um, my dad and I still my dad and I still call him up Chuck. We still fucking hate him, but we 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 really appreciated what he did for the series. And uh, you know, uh, but Montour, I mean, I, I think that he's a very, very close second. He he was been such a horse back there, 24 minutes a night. Um, just been an absolute horse, eight points. I I I actually like that pick a lot um okay let's move on to the other team in the east um frankly we are not sure who the hurricanes are playing so let's really just kind of talk about the hurricanes and who they may be playing actually it might even be better tyler um first of all how are you feeling about the hurricanes regardless of who they're playing with the amount of injuries that they kind of are having to deal with it seems like they they did not get out of there squeaky clean <laughs> no um you know it's kind of a hurricane team that just seems to find a way to lose come playoff time eventually, whether, you know, whatever, whatever round it may be, whether it be injuries or what have you, it's just a team that's been consistently just so good, but never really great, you know? Um, and unfortunately that's kind of where they're at again here uh, going into the second round. Um, you know, they are able to beat the Islanders in six, which is great. Um, I think whoever they play, whether it's New Jersey or the Rangers, it's going to be a really tough matchup for them. Um, I actually have, depending on who wins New Jersey and New York, I'm going to have, it kind of depends. So I guess we're going to get to that in a minute, but, or do you do it right now? Do you do it right now? No, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Cause I actually want to, I want to go, I want to, I do want to ask. I'm going to ask both of you guys this question. It's game seven between the Rangers and the Devils. Uh, James has been a very staunch proponent of the New York Rangers who looked absolutely incredible games one and two. 
games uh, three through six. What? And then uh, Tyler, <laughs> um, I don't remember. I think you still had the Rangers going, but it, it, it's been such a crazy series because because we thought Rangers would run away with it after two, and then I thought uh, the, they, the Devils would run away with it, and then game six happened. I'm sorry, it was game three for five, James, sorry. And then game six happened, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how, how would you let Rangers go back to MSG now? Tyler, who's going to win game seven? I'm still picking my Rangers. I'm, I've, I've picked her from the get-go. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to go Rangers here. I just think that they got – more guys that can get that big goal when needed. I think when it comes down to it, like that, like that's what's going to make it happen is a, a someone that needs that, whether it's OT, whether it's tied late in the third, whatever it is, I like the Rangers in that spot more than I like New Jersey. Um, and it's been a, just an up and down wild series. And I think who knows, it, it, it could be, like I said, it, it could, it could go to OT or it could be a blowout six, nothing from one of the two teams. I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's it really just, could be up in the air. It's yeah, really but, up in the air. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be fun. Um, so I, I'm, I, like I said, but, I, but I'm still going to pick the Rangers here. Okay. James, before I get back to Tyler to ask about his games for game round two, are you still sticking with the Rangers? Absolutely, man. I still definitely am. I think that the big guns of the Rangers will show up this time around. And I think Alex did have a point a couple weeks back about how there's too many cooks in the kitchen and how they're, um, they might not do the little things. And I don't agree with the little things part of it, but I think the Rangers are trying to be a little too perfect. They are not taking open shots on net because they want the perfect shot on net. And so what happens now is they should probably play like they're losing four to zero and just start shooting on net as soon as they can and hopefully get a rebound and make that in. Because honestly, that's going to be the best case scenario. They're being outshot by 20 plus goals, I think right now. The Devils have 20 shots on goal more than the Rangers do. But the Rangers have on paper, a little bit more firepower with those superstars. So might as well do something about it and make use of that super that power that you have and shoot on net. And if there's a rebound that comes across, that should be a lot easier of a goal than the perfect snap that looks really good on the highlights. Let's get down, let's get gritty, and let's get a win because it's all that matters at the end of the day. I like that. For me, I'm actually going to go against you guys. Um, I, I actually, in my bracket challenge, I do have the Rangers winning. Um, but just given the fact that if if one thing happens and that's if the devil stay out of the penalty box, I just don't know how the Rangers can do it um, because the the devils have figured out their scoring. They they have figured out their speed. They have figured out their game. But when they get into penalty trouble, Chris Kreider is going to score a goal. We already know it. It's just it's just automatic for Chris Kreider. Um, and that's that's been the that's been the, so, the story for the three wins with for the Rangers is the devils got into penalty trouble and they and they just let the. They, they just let the power play eat him alive. Um, Timo Meyer hasn't scored yet. He's had an incredible, um, he has incredible advanced stats. He just hasn't scored. I think he scores tonight. And I think he scores a big game, uh, a big goal. Um, and that is part of my prize picks. I have Kane and Meyer scoring, but it's more so Meyer because if it was just Timo Meyer, I'm like, he's, he's motherfucking scoring. I know it. Um, it. It would fuck up my bracket on the East, but I just, I don't care. I just feel like the devils are gonna, are gonna pull through. Um, and so Tyler, I ask you, if it's Rangers, Canes, how many games? All right, anyway. Rangers, Canes, I got the Rangers in seven. Um, I do still think that the Hurricanes are going to put up a good fight. I think they've been getting excellent goaltending from Frederick Anderson. If he can keep that up, he's going to keep them in any series. Um, but I got Rangers in seven if the Rangers win. Tonight. And if the if the uh, Devils win. And if the Devils win, I actually have the Hurricanes in seven. Wow. Just because... 
of like as mentioned, I really like the way that Frederick Anderson is playing. I'm not confident in the consistency of New Jersey's scoring ability. And if you pair that with the excellent player, Frederick Anderson, the Canes are going to be in a position to win that series. So I like the Canes in seven if New Jersey wins. Love that. Um, okay, thanks. That's the East. So, uh, so um, you know, tune in. We have game seven going on right now. Two game, two series start tomorrow. Uh, one of the West Eastern uh, start tomorrow. Um, that'll be the Toronto one. And the uh, this Canes one versus whomever wins game seven is starts on Wednesday. Um, let's move on to the West. James, your Dallas Stars, you were right. They they manhandled the uh, the Wild pretty pretty good, and they are looking real 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 good. And uh, another one, you said that it was gonna you wanted to cover Dallas and um, Avalanche, <laughs> and oh wait, you can't because the Avalanche are done. And so why, my first why question is this shit you, on James Day. It is J- James I, James you you jinx you jinx two teams in one you night. Did. You did, <laughs> and and that's why I want to ask you, James, as as. You know, you're the newest hockey fan. You're the mo- you're 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 you know you're you're a casual hockey fan. You like it, um, but you just you know it's not my status like it, it. You know, football is for you. Both the president's trophy team and might I add the best president, the best um, uh, you know, just you know, most wins, most points um, in NHL history, and the defending Stanley Cup champions are both beaten in the same day on a game seven situation by eight by eight seed or wild cards um, teams what is that what goes through your head as a as a casual fan of hockey um i mean i I think i said it earlier nhl hockey playoffs man it's impossible to predict coming from a dude who uh watched a lot of basketball growing up and that was fairly easy to kind of predict i stopped betting on money lines for hockey a long time ago because i'm like i don't know man there's an element of luck you just can't account for like that (laughs) it's not all about skill i mean i'm sorry it sounds bad, but it's not all about skill in the NHL. There is an element of luck that comes into play. And if Lady Luck is on your side, you've got a good shot at things, but you never know because it's for me, it, luck is when preparation meets opportunity, but the opportunity on the ice is way different than opportunity on land. And so when that comes into play, there's other area of, of variability that you just can't predict at all. And from that point, it, it's what makes hockey playoffs and just hockey so much fun because you never, never, never know. Never know at all. It could be a team that did not lose one game in the regular season, but come playoff time, oh, you just got swept. That could happen. I know it's. I know it's. It's very weird. Um, so the Seattle Kraken have moved on, and in 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 my opinion, um, I I actually think Colorado was the better team. But to your point, I I just think that, um, you know. Even though, even though, um, you know, Gorgiev on the on the Avalanche side had a fantastic series, Grubauer just was just was just a horse, dude. He just a nine twenty six eight percentage is what wins you series. So he probably stole the series from the from Colorado Avalanche, and the Colorado Avalanche are banged up, you know, um, or you know, missing. You know, Valerian uh, Chushkin is, uh, you know, we don't know what's going on with him, uh, and there, and there's some banged up players there, and I just, you know, you just wonder what, uh, you know. It just wasn't enough. So James Seattle's matching up against Dallas um, to me. And this is my personal opinion. I think that the Florida Panthers are the better team than Seattle. You know what I mean? Like, like it, I'm less shocked about that one almost, but I'm still very shocked, but it's like just slightly less shocked that, that, uh, that, that, that happened, especially considering, you know, Seattle's interesting regular season so i ask you what what's your feelings on this is dallas going to just steamroll or are the kraken going to be another tough out here's the deal i i definitely agree with you that the predators or not the predators the uh, panthers are a better team than seattle 
I think Seattle had some lucky breaks and with injuries for the avalanche and whatnot, like you just mentioned, um, like uh, losing Kim McCarr for a game. Pagliano being out for game seven, breaking his neck. That was crazy. Uh, Landis Cog not coming back, even though he's expected to come back all season long. Uh, Nachuskin, like you had mentioned. And so these all there's all these things that had happened to Colorado that did not necessarily happen in the same amount of gravity as than it did to the Kraken. And when adversity hit for the Avs, Seattle took advantage of it. And rightfully so. You take the opportunity, you run with it. So, uh, like, the better team, in my opinion, was Colorado, but Seattle just got lucky. On the flip side of that, the Stars. They had adversity hit them. Mm-hmm. Pavelski, like, he he's down. He's, dude, like, I don't know. And so everybody else, especially Ottinger, especially uh, Rupe Hints, like, they both stepped up big time in the face of adversity to manhandle a wild team that was pretty physical. That tells you a lot about this team. They were not, they may not have been the better team, but they did what they got to do to get above and beyond and move on to the next round. For me, this should be a steamroll. Um, like, like I said, you can't predict this stuff. I have the stars in five, and I, honestly, the, the Kraken just don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with the stars who have an elite goalie. It's gonna like they have a very good. I mean, at this point, I want to say he's the best goaltender currently still in the playoffs. He is. And so, like, that's going to be really hard to go against, man. And the Stars have a knack of making non-factors out of star players. Like Kirill Kaprizov, they bullied him, right? They made sure that he did not do anything. And they can do that to any other team star player. Currently, Matty Beneers, who is uh, up there for rookie of the year, he was a non-factor in this playoffs so far with one goal. He's going to continue being a non-factor because he's going to get bullied hard. Yeah. So you can't count on him at all to produce on the offensive side. So what do you got next? Gord, you're going to keep counting on Gord and his what, five assists. Schwartz, Schultz. I mean, there's really not much offense on that crack inside, especially with an elite goaltender on the opposite side. On the flip side, you have Hintz, you have Robertson, you got Sagan. Miro Heiskin is, is moving the puck well. There's just more explosiveness on offense and better defense on the star side that this should be over in five. I mean, I, you're not wrong. I mean, Ottinger had a 9.30 save percentage five on five. That's that's the best in the NHL. Um, he in the, in the playoffs anyway, and he's just he's just been unbelievable. Um, and and the Kraken need to have they need to have um, you know, Grubauer be as good, if not better, than he was this past series. And I thought he was stellar. So, um, you know, Maddie Beniers is good. Um, Oliver Oliver Bjorkstrand was everywhere um last night but um uh, you know that that was his first two goals of the of the series he could have got he could have got five goals that game if you watched him he hit three posts he actually could have got six one crazy save two goals like it just unbelievable um I, my, my gut says that dallas is gonna is going to steamroll but i but I, we learn now that to underestimate the kraken is kind of a is kind of a thing tyler what are you thinking about the the series and how long yeah it's I agree with what James said. Obviously, on paper, the Stars are just a much better team here. I think there's, I think what gives Seattle kind of um, its power, so to speak, is like there's no, you don't really know where the scoring is going to come from from any moment. I think that's kind of what makes them dangerous. You know, I, I think it really can be anyone anytime. So it's it's hard to kind of put a focal point of how to attack this team. Um, so I think that just is kind of what allows them to succeed in a weird way. Like it doesn't really make sense, but that's kind of what I saw in that series against Colorado. Like there wasn't really any 
player from Seattle that really stepped up and like took over that series other than their, mm-hmm. their, their uh, goalie, obviously, which is always very important, but here in Dallas Ottinger did the same thing for, 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 for his team. Um, and I like, I I've thought Dallas has been a great team hockey, hockey team all year. I think they've been an underrated contender in the Western conference all year. And I'm going to like them again in, in, in this matchup. Um, yeah, the Kraken got something going on there. I, like I said, I, I think it's just because they're, 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 they're sneaky. I don't know what it is. There's, there's, there's something sneaky about them and they're definitely going to put up a good fight here, but I got stars in six. Yeah, I have, I have uh stars. I actually have stars at five too. Uh, but James, um, but uh, I, Tyler, I want to apologize. I meant to ask you your MVP picks for the hurricanes and the two remaining uh, Rangers and uh, before I get to James's uh, picks. So go ahead. Yeah. So MVP for uh, Carolina is Frederick Anderson kind of mentioned how, how well he's been playing. So I got to give my nod to him there uh, for the Rangers, Chris Kreider. I mean, he's oh, yeah. leading team in points. I think that one's a pretty, pretty fairly obvious one. And the New Jersey, I'm actually going to go Jack Hughes in this one. Um, you know, I think he is just kind of that the, the life and soul and the young energy of, of, of a devil squad. Um, and I think he's been playing pretty well and he's just going to continue, continue to do so for that uh, franchise. So Jack Hughes for New Jersey. I, those are my picks. I absolutely agree. James, the stars, who do you got? MVP. Uh, this was playing pretty easy. I got, I mean, Jake Andre. That's the <laughs> right now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And then on the uh, Seattle Kraken side, this is going to be out of left field as usual with teams I don't necessarily like. Adam Larson is my MVP. Okay. I like oh. this. He, he's on the ice all the time. He has the most time on ice for this entire Kraken team. And he brings a level of physicality, and it, I think it definitely helps his team on the back end, and oh, yeah. it helps the defense and Grubauer. This dude had ten hits last game, game seven. You can't tell me that didn't affect the Avs at all, because they probably did. He also blocked shots. He is one of the biggest defensive assets on this team, and that's I think that's part of the reason why Grubauer is showing up is because he has Adam Larson on his side. I like that um, former Oiler, so I always love to see that um adam larson we we us Oilers fans do love you um and i'm glad you're having success elsewhere um okay moving on to the last series um the vegas golden knights the first seed in the pacific first seed in the west play the second seed in the pacific and second seed in the west edmonton oilers uh, after a very hard-fought series against la kings and a not so hard-fought series for the knights against the jets wow that was pretty uh that's pretty sad <laughs> the Jets just kind of folded uh, after the game. After game one, I was like, okay, maybe the Jets have some fight. And then that last game, I was like, wow, I to have no fight at all. And even Rick Bonus, the coach, came out and called him out. It's just, it's sad. It, it was sad to see. And I know they were banged up, but fuck, like, have some heart, you know, <laughs> just a little bit. At least the Kings came out in game six. And dude, I'm sorry, Tyler, you deserve to win that game. <laughs> like, you were the better team. And it's just, that's just how hockey, you know, works. It's just, you know, it, but at least you came out and fucking fought, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, it, it says a lot about your team. It says a lot about your coaching. Uh, um, I, I don't even blame brick bonus. I think it's just the, just the assets there. And we'll get to that in the, in the summer. Um, I'm going to ask you guys both. Um, uh, what do you guys think about McDavid versus Eichel uh, and dry saddle versus uh, stone? you know, what, what are your guys' thoughts on, um, you know, this series as a whole, uh, I, I'll have you guys both kind of chime in because uh, I don't want to just ramble off for, for, 30 minutes because you know I will. Uh Tyler, thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers versus the Golden Knights? Yeah, it's a, this is a one of the more elite matchups here um going into the later stages of the of the conference uh bracket. Uh it's gonna be 
it's gonna be a great series. Um, obviously, like trying to keep my bias aside of side of it. Um, I I do like the Oilers in this series. I think it's gonna go seven. Um, you know, McDavid hasn't, you know, the the, the Kings to their credit, you know, they they kind of shut him down a little bit. Unfortunately for the Kings, there's this other dude named Dry who's just you know, he's fucking McDavid 2.0, basically. Or <laughs> right McDavid one B is what I should say. Um He's unbelievable, and he he he's the reason the Oilers won that series. Uh, is, is especially with the scoring side of things, we cannot figure a way to score him down. So it's kind of like it's kind of that one of those like cartoons where you plug one hole and a, another leak pops up. That's kind of what the Oilers are. Um, but the Knights, to their credit, also have a lot of great scoring as well. Um, but this Oilers team, man, they just seem so complete. They they seem like they're hungry. They seem like they're locked in. Honestly, it's kind of the the sense I got from them watching that that series against the Kings. Like I thought the Kings played great, but the Oilers just played better. That that's just kind of what it was. And I think the Oilers are going to continue that into this um, night series. And I think that they're going to win it in seven. You know, whether it whether it's McDavid or Drysaddle or whoever it is. Those guys are going to put up points, and I I think McDavid's going to have a much bigger series this round than he did against the Kings. Yeah, because they don't have fucking Philip No humping him the whole fucking game. Yep. yep. <laughs> Philip No completely just just neutered uh, Connor McDavid, and he still ended up with ten points. That's a stupid. Yeah, game. that's crazy. That's that that's McDavid like calm down. Yeah. So once he breaks out, Wolf, get out of the way, um, James. Thoughts on this series? Um, I mean, finally. Finally, Jack Eichel is in the playoffs and he gets to play. He played his first round and he played pretty well. He is playing in a series against the other, the number one in his draft. So this is like, these two have been like kind of spiritually connected for, well, since 2015, uh, you know, thoughts on the series, thoughts on that matchup. I really like how you said spiritually. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> the Edmonton Oilers played a difficult matchup against the Kings and I think are better because of it. The Vegas Golden Knights played a not very difficult matchup against the Jets, and I think are worse because of it. I think when this first when the first game comes into play, the the Knights aren't going to know what hit them. They're going to be used to that slow moving pace of the of the Jets, who don't really score that much offense given the regular season that they had, versus this onslaught of shots on net that are the Oilers, the most explosive offensive team this season. Like, what are you going to do with that? How is how are the how is the defense going to respond to that? I think it's going to take them a game or two to kind of realize, oh, what just happened? And at that point, you're down 2-0. So what are you going to do now? What are the Knights going to do now? Are they going to be able to respond? I, I don't think so, man. I just think that this this uh, Oilers team is too good offensively. And with nobody able to really lock down, like there's nobody who is great defensively, as to know, you know, as who, who can shadow the best players on the Oilers right now. Nobody's going to have that same kind of repertoire or like pestiness on that team. And I think that the Oilers were just continue to just grind away. And by grind away, I mean explode and win a lot of games by a lot of, a lot of points. Uh, I have this game. I have this series going to five or six because of the fact that I just think that the Oilers just walk right over him with everything that they got. And then before the Knights know it hit them, they'll be done. Yeah, I like to think that. I just, I in my gut, I just don't because I think the Vegas Golden Knights are are well are are well uh, built. I think they're they're deep. They're and they're scary for that reason. Laurent Boisvillet, I don't. He was a former Oiler. I don't know what he, what we're gonna get. He had, he had a great series, but I I don't know what to think about this Knights team because they weren't challenged. To your point, I don't know what to think. There's one thing um, that I do know about the Edmonton Oilers is that 
you're right, Tyler. I mean, uh, Leon Dreisaitl won them that series, but so did the depth scoring. I mean, we got scoring from Clint Costin, three goals. Like, what? Um, once once uh, uh, Hyman scoring, once uh, Kane started scoring, things started to change. And and if you don't have to rely on Connor McDavid to win you a series, like, like, I don't, <laughs> like that's kind of scary, right? But I don't know, know what to think about Skinner. I mean, he had a fantastic series, and you're not going to go away from him. It's just, it, you know, it, it, is he mature enough to do it? He had, he, he was very mature throughout this whole series, but it, can he keep it going? He's been, he's been, um, you know, he's been fighting it, but he's been pretty good. Um, I, I think that the Edmonton, you know, and how we're going to deploy our forwards is going to be interesting. Um, Tyler, we had to move to put Leon and Connor together because putting, putting Connor with, with, uh, Deneau, I think just kind of gummed up the works a little bit too much. And, and once, you know, once, uh, uh Woodcroft kind of brought them together, it kind of screwed up all the, all the line changes for, for the Kings. I don't know what the, I don't know what the Knights are going to do. I think you can probably separate them and, and see how it goes, but, um, Bouchard's been absolutely amazing. It's good. It's going to be an interesting, um, it's going to be an interesting one. I think it's going to go six. Um, and I, and I, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. Um, you know, but I, I, to, to me guys, I think, I think this is, this is the, this is the matchup of this one is, is really the the top two teams in the in the West and, and I, and, and not that, that, that Dallas and or Seattle can't beat them. Cause I think they more than can, but um, this is the series that I think is, is, is the battle tested one. And um, you know, obviously I'm going to be all in on it for me uh, for the, for the Vegas golden Knights. My, uh, my MVP is smart stone coming back and, and just being an absolute rock for Vegas. Um, you know, he, he comes back and scores goals and, and brings just, an, just this feeling for this team He's such a huge presence for them, and and he's my MVP there. Um, I could have thrown it to Chandler Stevenson, but for me, the captain takes the cake here. And then, um, uh, Dry Sidle. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not even a question. Uh, you know, it's just like Ottinger for Dallas. Who else are you gonna fucking pick? <laughs> so, uh, that's that's all I have, guys. Um, you know, um, I you know I, I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll 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 recap in the first week here and see how things are going. Um. Again, tomorrow we have Toronto taking on uh, taking on Florida, and then we also have the uh, Dallas taking on Seattle. That's game one tomorrow. Game was one of the other side, uh, Canes versus whoever wins this, and Oilers and Knights will be on Wednesday. And that Tyler, that's that's hockey. That's hockey, baby. We love it. Stanley Cup playoffs in full swing. Hope you guys are enjoying all of those series, and hopefully your brackets aren't as busted as mine. Uh, good for you if they are. Um, We'll take one last quick break, and I'm going to finish the podcast with some baseball. Welcome back, everybody. We are, oh, damn, we are already one month into the baseball season here uh, for Major League Baseball. So uh, we got some April awards to give out here at the end. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about a couple of things that happened last week that um, caught my attention in, in, in the world of Major League Baseball. The first being probably one of the best feel-good stories you're going to see in sports all year. We're talking the Pittsburgh Pirates' Drew Maggie. If you guys haven't heard the story yet, this dude spent 13 years in minor in, in in the minor leagues in those 13 years he played 1154 games and had himself 4494 plate appearances he finally got his call up to the big leagues last week wednesday at home against the dodgers um he did strike out in his mlb debut he it took him a while to get to actually get his first hit but he did get his first hit and rbi last saturday against the washington nationals he added that up with a double his next at bat 
Um, he had, you know, a, a, a great uh, time. I mean, the the reaction of his teammates were was phenomenal. The, re- the reaction for the whole baseball world has been great. Um, unfortunately, he did get he did get sent back down, so he's 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 back in the minor leagues once again. Um, but the dude has the best attitude ever about it. Um, if you guys have not kind of looked into this story, I, I I highly recommend looking into it. It's just a great story, and hopefully, feel good and kind of a, a motivational story for a lot of people. But I want to get the, the the guy's reaction on the whole Drew Maggie thing. James, what do you got? I I love it, man, and um, I think you say this the most out of everybody. But like, how can you not be romantic about baseball when stuff like this happens? And uh, I think what you failed to mention, which kind of went under the ropes, is that Drew Magic was was he was, he was actually optioned before the doubleheader, but because it was a doubleheader, you could add another man onto your squad, and he was brought back. So he wasn't actually supposed to play, but then was brought back, and then that's when he smoked his first double. That was cool, man. It's just like things just happen the way it's supposed to happen if you grind away and do what you got to do. And I get that. Every kid's dream is not to be just have like have three hits in the major leagues. But the fact that he got up there is an incredible story in and of itself. He never gave up. Like, and that's what you could, that's all you could ask for. And I, I watched the video of when he actually got called up. It's like three minutes long, but it, damn, it's heartwarming. Like it, it is incredible to see in his reaction. His He had no idea it was coming. It was his reaction and his surprise to it. That really brings a tear to your eye. Cause it was like, me he's talking about me i'm being called up incredible if you haven't seen it go watch it and the the pittsburgh fan base is incredible for who what they did just having the standing ovation when he got his first at bat unfortunately the umpire called a uh strike because the pitch clock or violation going on there so that was a bummer for his first at bat but he was just taking it all in and it was incredible even as after the game interview Everybody stayed and listened to him like after amazing. Love the story. Love baseball. Fuck yeah. I love that. And uh yeah, the whole umpire thing about you know the strike, like there needs to be some fucking feel there, like like Cody Bellinger. That was crazy. Yes, exactly. Something like that. Like I don't I don't know if they're ever gonna rain back on that or not. But anyway, Traden, your thoughts on this whole story. I mean, very similar, you know, feeling. I mean, I I I think that I think it's, I think people in general, um, you, even if you're not a fan of people and this is a play you cheer for, he's worked his ass off in, in this and he finally gets a chance and he makes the mess most of it. even though he gets sent down, he, you know, he takes like a man is like, okay, I got my chance. That's all. That's all I need. And, and what both of you failed to, to, um, to mention, which I'm glad I get to say it. It actually is working perfect with the team because they're being, they're playing so fucking good. Like the vibe in Pittsburgh is so good, and it and now they're continuing with, with this. It's just like this is all goodwill. Like I'm not saying that bringing him on is going to win them the World Series or make even make them win the division, but they're in they're in first right now, and they're 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 feeling loose. They're feeling they're playing very great baseball. The the vibe in the in the in the um you know dugout is there, and I think we I mentioned this two weeks ago, Tyler. I think I mentioned this about that, or it might have been last week. The Pittsburgh Pirates are just playing great baseball and just and just rolling with it and just and just loving life and 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 that says something and then they do this and then it just adds to their to their great start of the season now it's not may 27th so we can't say if they're going to make playoffs yet but <laughs> but they're in, right now they're in a spot and and the math looks good and i like it um and and it's moments like this that just continue to be like wow i mean you get you got you 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 pay 
more attention to the Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't. I feel like nobody's been paying attention to the Pittsburgh Pirates for how many years? I mean, they've been sorry for oh, quite wow. a long time. And now, now when I open up the standings, I'm like, holy shit, the they're first in the NL Central. Holy shit, they're they're playing a 13 year um you know minor player and he's getting hits. Like everything's going their way and everything's great and everyone loves that. I mean, and they're not being doing stupid shit. So it's <laughs> this is all great news and you want to you want to be in the news for the for the good things. And here we are. I mean. Go Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a great story. It's a great story of perseverance. And you 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 can't help but smile when, like you said, when you when you watch that video of of, of him of him getting called up. I mean, there, there, there are guys like that all over my league baseball, just lifers who just grind it out for 10 plus years. And some of them never get that call up. But you know, thankfully for Drew, he was able to get it and he had his big league moment. And I think for everyone, that's awesome. And yeah, the Pittsburgh Pirates right now, they're rolling. I mean, they get the best record in the National League right now. Shit, man. I mean, like I said, it's not late May yet, but this team might have something might have something cooking. Um, let's move on to my second old damn of the week, which was the Mexico City series. Uh, this is kind of part of Major League Baseball's um international series that they're planning every year, kind of going to a different country and playing a couple of baseball games. They did it in England a couple of years ago with the Yankees and Red Sox. This year they went down to Mexico City, uh, had the the, the Padres and the Giants there play. A couple games and man, the atmosphere, if you guys didn't watch, it was electric. It was very world baseball classic-esque um, there in Mexico. The crowd, there was sold out crowd. It was electric. Obviously, you know, both of the city, San Francisco, but but especially San Diego with the rich Mexican uh, culture. So I think there's a lot of good ties to those uh, franchises. Um, a lot of players from, you know, Latin American uh, heritage. Uh, so there, there's a lot of really great vibes going on down there. And man, uh, the the Padres won both games, but that game won the first game. Eleven combined home runs for both teams. The ball was flying out of the ballpark. If you liked home runs and you liked a lot of scoring, that was a great game to to watch. So it's kind of your guys' overall thoughts on the international part of of, of the whole situation. Um, and I'm also going to ask you about the Padres. You know, on on a second part part of this, they've been kind of off to an iffy start. Do you think that that the series here going down to Mexico win it, and winning those games, do you feel like this is going to kind of kickstart their season and they're actually going to start rolling from from, from here on out? Trading, what do you got? Um, look, I think the international side of things is great. I mean, I think this Mexico series is fantastic to have. You know, I, I know the Padres gave up two um, home games for it, but I think it actually is going to pay off more more than anything in the in the end um you know and they made a good showing out of it they had some fun and it, is it gonna and it may make them gel but i think i think playing these games in international you know areas to grow the game of baseball or at least to showcase the mlb is is what you know what you're trying to do here and i think that that's fantastic um and i and i hope that they continue to to do series outside I, it's tough to do it in this in the middle of the season to you know go out you know you know top the pond you know so to speak that's that's kind of tough but if they have, if they could figure out a way to do it, I think that'd be fantastic too. Um, you know, I just um, I, I think this is great for for baseball. It's great for uh, it's great for the Padres and it's great for the the uh, Giants too to to showcase their um, you know showcase their team, showcase their players on uh, um, you know in different areas, and to see that it got sold out and it was as ruckus as it was, that's great. As for the Padres, you beat the Giants. Congratulations, like whoop de do <laughs> like i'm sorry i don't think that this is enough like i need to see a lot more than than just beating the giants i mean no offense to the giants but you suck so you you definitely need to you know i i like to think that you know i i you know i'll, I'll be nice and say you know what maybe this is enough to gel them together and we, and they can move in the right direction and, and start winning some games 
but two games against the Giants is not the same as two games against the uh, the Dodgers. I mean that then then you're then you're saying something, you know, um, especially in big games like that where you're on or you're on a bigger stage than even your normal Petco Park uh, stage. So um, gonna have to see a little bit more. Um, I like the story. I love it. I think that they may have a trajectory. Maybe there's a trough in the right direction. Just or uh, trough, and now they're moving the right direction. But just 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 time out. It's the fucking Giants. <laughs> I think it's fair. That's a very fair point. Uh, James, the Mexico City Series and the Padres, what do you got? Uh, the home run derby was really cool for game one. That was really quite enjoyable to see. 11 home runs. Oh, my God. That's insane. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, game two, runs. I mean, not as not – as, they had four – or, yeah, four home runs combined between the two teams, which is a decent amount, too. Uh, but is it something to do with the elevation in Mexico City? Is that is that? Yeah, that's part it? of it for sure. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. I was like, there's eleven home runs. Oh yeah, my it's god! Like, it's like the Coors Field of Mexico, basically. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was cool to see. International part is awesome. It's, but I, I do agree with trading with the fact that it's going to be hard to do it anywhere else, really, because of travel time, because of time zones, and because baseball players play almost every day. Like in the NFL, that makes sense. You travel, like you have a week to play your next game. But then to make that turn, if they go like to Europe, that turnaround is insane. And you're really going to put that team at a disadvantage when they play another team who's been in the U.S. It's hard enough going from East Coast to West Coast. Try jumping three different time zones. That's going to be difficult. So if they can find a way to make this more plausible, which I don't know how they're going to make it plausible, I think the only places we're really going to see are somewhere like in the direct U.S. area. Like what's around Central America, like South America, you know, like, North America, you already have a team in Canada, so you're really not really paying international there. So it's it's going to be hard. But I do like the fact that they're attempting to do it. That's really cool. First step. Um, the Padres, this is where I disagree with trading. Um, I think in baseball, momentum is more of a thing than it is in hockey. You see it with, with baseball players and getting hitting hot streaks. You see it with pitchers who find a feel and they continue find like momentum is a thing in baseball. And two games, albeit against the dot or against the Giants, is still two games one. And it's two games where you feel good, where you're producing on the offensive end. And it could be because of elevation, or it could be because you're seeing the ball better. The fact of the matter is, the hits are coming, the scoring is coming. And if you can use this to catapult yourself into another bracket and finally get on the right track with all the talented players and pieces that you have around there, use it. I, I think I think this is is going to jumpstart them to being where they need to be. I think as a whole, the good teams this season, or what people thought were the good teams this season, haven't been that good. And it comes down to consistency. Um, maybe they took the offseason not as serious because they were like, whatever, we're going to be good anyway. But you see, like even the Dodgers, they're not consistent. Like it is what it is at this point, right? Uh, the best teams are the teams like we didn't think were going to be good, like the Pirates. I mean, the Orioles are going to be okay, but like the fact of the matter is the teams that were meant to be good are starting to pick up momentum and starting to get the feel of things. And this two games, I think, is going to be enough to make the Padres get right back on track. Yeah, sometimes all you need is just kind of that 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 game or that series where everything's clicking and just breeds confidence. They, they say it all, all the time that hitting is contagious. Um, and it certainly was in that series and we'll see if it translates. Maybe it was just the air in Mexico made the Padres hit, hit the ball very well. So I, I, I kind of agree with, with both of you guys. I think that, yeah, it's two games against the Giants team. That's not very good, you know, but I do think that momentum is a huge thing. And I think that when you're 
when the confidence and everyone's hitting that, that can last for a, a very long time. That can kind of kickstart um, a, a, a stretch run of, of a lot, of a lot of good games. We're getting Dodgers and Padres for the first time this weekend. So that will be the big test for you trading. Um, we'll see if the Padres can carry that momentum into this weekend at Petco park against their rival up North. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes, but moving on to our April awards. So we're going to do pitcher of the month, hitter of the month and team of the month for the first month of the season of April. So let's get right into it. So we'll start with pitcher of the month. James, who do you got? Spencer Strider. <laughs> Guy's incredible. 40257 ERA, 57 Ks, which leads the league, by the way, and under one whip at 0.94. I mean, he is incredible, doing great things at the beginning of the season for a just amazing Atlanta Braves team. So here, Spencer Strider, that's my pick. Phenomenal mustache as well. Trade in your pitcher of the month. Uh, it's probably boring, but Garrett Cole. <laughs> I mean, Garrett Cole's having a having a fantastic, fantastic showing so far. Um 40.2 innings pitched. Uh, 44 strikeouts, not quite as many as James said, but still pretty freaking good. An 8.36 whip, that's that's very strong. And I think the strongest uh, war of among uh, pitchers right now in the game. So that's my pick. I mean, Garrett Cole, like I said, I think I mentioned him last week's power rankings. This might be the best season Garrett Cole has ever pitched. I mean, it's very early, obviously, uh, but that says a lot because Garrett Cole's had a lot of great seasons and he's pitching very, very well right now, which is a scary thing for, for opposing hitters. My pitch of the month, and I'm really glad that we have all different picks, is uh, Sonny, Gray, Sonny Gray of the Minnesota Twins. This is a guy that at one time was one of the young, best young studs for in, in, in baseball. Kind of, you know, tailed off there for a little bit, but he's found something in Minnesota early this season. He's 4-0 with a 0-7-7 ERA. If any time you can go th- um, get through a whole month uh, and have an ERA, ERA under one, that says a lot. Um, 41 strikeouts in his 35 innings pitched. Uh, he, hasn't given up, he hasn't given up a home run yet. And he has not hit a batter yet. And I think that shows he's got control. He's got dominant stuff right now. So for me, the pitch of the month goes to Sonny Gray of the Minnesota Twins. So let's move on to the hitter of the month. Trade, who do you got? Hitter of the month, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, and I say that because he's returned from that injury in 2021. And we didn't, we, I mean, he, he wasn't quite the same last year, but wow, he came back. He leads the NL in hits, runs, total bases. And I'm taking, I'm not just saying hitting, I'm saying overall as, as a hitter. Um, and 13 steals. Um, I, and I finally figured out what the 40, 40 club is. And I think he may have a serious <laughs> chance of, uh, of, of collecting 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases in a single season. He's looking very, very good for that Braves team. Big threat for a 40, 40 guy, which is not easy to do. And yes, Ronald Cunha back and healthy is always a really fun thing to watch. James, who do you got for your hitter of the month? Uh, I wouldn't say healthy just yet because uh, he did get nailed with the ball and left the game. Gosh, I did see that. You're right. Damn it. Yeah. Yay, I'm fucked. <laughs> uh, my hitter of the month is Mr. Mexico himself, even though he didn't grow up in Mexico, but just plays on the national team. Mr. Randy Rosarena, 327 average, eighth in the league, seven home runs, ninth in the league, 28 RBIs, second in the league, which – Definitely helps the Tampa Bay Rays in their plus minus 28 RBIs is incredible. And an OPS of just under one at 0.965, which is 14. The Rays are great. And part of the reason why is because of Randy Rosarena. Love that. And once again, we all have different picks for here of the month. My hitter of the month is Matt Chapman of the Toronto Blue Jays. He's leading all of baseball with a 1.152 OPS with 15 doubles and a 687 slugging percentage. And he is second in baseball only to the incredible Luis Arise 
with a 384 batting average. I mean, and, and he also has five home runs and 21 RBIs to go along with it. I mean, that is just a sexy stat line, no matter how you look at it. Uh, this dude is, is he's, he's the best, he's the best overall hitter in baseball right now. That's, that's Matt Chapman. He's also my fantasy team. So extra perks for me, uh, moving on to the team of the month. We might have the same pick for this one, but I might get surprised here. James, your team of the month for April. San Francisco giants. I'm just kidding. Tampa Bay Rays. Incredible start. Let's be real. Uh, 23 and six currently, um, with their start, there's no way you guys picked anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, it, they're off to an incredible start. But trading, who do you got? Dark Horse. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I had a feeling. I, I mean, I mean, no, it's Tampa Bay. Okay, like it's Tampa Bay. Okay, just to stop. Let's give some more love to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Twenty and nine. I knew it. Twenty and nine, <laughs> and then they're throwing out fucking fucking uh, you know thirteen year minor. Like, come on, that's the dark horse. But Tampa Bay, yeah, it's Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do like your dark horse pick. I had a feeling that you're going to shout out the, the Pirates there, but yeah, I also have the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, off to amazing start. Let's let's rattle off all the firsts they're all, they are in team stats in baseball. Ready? <laughs> first in runs, first in run differential, first in runs, hits, home runs, batting average, on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, ERA, WHIP, and batting average against. You're they are first in pretty much every offensive category and every pitching category you can possibly find. I mean, this team is doing everything super well. They are out of this world. They had one of the, they broke so many records with, you know, consecutive home wins to wins to start a season. They're, 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 they're just playing at an amazing clip right now. Obviously they're probably going to come down to earth just a little bit, but you know, on top of that, you know, leading the best division in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays by far the team of the month for April. So the best part is they're ranked 28th in payroll. That's there you go. 20th in payroll and first in all those stats mentioned, how can he wrote that's good about baseball, right? Gotta love that shit. Um, we'll be doing these every month, so we'll kind of see where we're at in the month of May. I think May is a big month uh for baseball. We're really gonna separate the contenders from the pr- pretenders, um, probably by this by in in, 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 in in another month's time, which we'll get into. But that's what I got for baseball this week. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying some baseball sprinkled in with all those great playoff um sports going on right now as well. And that's gonna conclude our episode for TLDR podcast 146 for this week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Please share our podcast with all your friends and family. We really appreciate it. We're getting really great uh, uh, listens the last few months here. And we so we, we really appreciate um, you, you guys just sharing and liking all of our episodes and everything. We hope you guys are having a fantastic week. And hope we will see you again next time, hopefully with a full squad. See you then.